0: To Parapods, I'm Catherine, and I want to introduce my colleagues. So there is Nissa t- today, and Yi. Hello, everyone. Great. Hey, look, um, today we are looking at and going to discuss and review Uplit. Now, I don't know if you've heard about this genre, but it's uplifting literature. So it can consist of fiction and nonfiction, various varieties, often, you know, motivational and self-help the titles um in any event look we've got um i think we've been, we're going to review about three or four books so nissa Mm -hmm. You can read out the list of the books that we're going to be reviewing today, please.
1: Sure. So the first book we're going to have a look at is Your Second Life Begins When You Realize You Only Have One by Raphael Giordano, who is a French author, and Nick Castor is the translator. So that was published by Bantam Press in July 2018. That will be followed by Eleanor Oliphant is Completely Fine by Gail Honeyman, who is a Scottish writer. And the book was published in HarperCollins, well, by HarperCollins in 2017. Followed by Happiness Project, why I spent a year trying to sing in the morning, clean my closets, fight, write, read Aristotle and generally have more fun which is a bit of a mouthful there. Well said. <laughs> by Gretchen Rubin, who's an American author, published by Harper in 20, 2009, actually, but revised in 2015. Yeah. Uh, finally, we've got my Squirrel Days. Days. Yep. By mm-hmm. Ellie Kemper, who is an author and an actress. Some of you will be familiar with her from various yeah. films and television shows from she's been a part of. Yeah. Yep. And that was published by Hodder and Stoughton in 2018. So, so nice. thank you. E, I think you're going to start us off with okay. the French book that was translated into English. What yeah. did you think about it? Oh, I love this book.
2: Your yeah. second life begins when you realize you only have one. Um, the interesting facts about this author is um, she is a French and she's not only a writer, but also she is an uh, expert in personal development. Therefore, she make her story so interesting. And this book published at um, in the, big, the first one public in France in 2015 and then in 2018 first translated from French in English. The language is really simple but the fascinating thing to me is uh, a lot of good quotes and good stories in this story and in these uh, characters a uh, turning point and make every single story are, uh, a uh, meaningful mm-hmm. and then um, you know the human knowledge sometimes are uh, knowledge there and we, we all passed along from generation to generation but we don't know how to apply into reality but this book applied that the human's wisdom in the right moment. And that really deepened the whole uh, knowledge. That's, you know, in most interesting uh, to, to me. And um, I like that the whole story is about the, this girl and have um, struggling, is uh, she, she had a good education, good job, good husband, good life, but somehow she just don't feel happy. And she got lost, and then and she met this man, and this man said, I can give you treatment, but it is unconventional. And um, he mentioned about uh, routine tatters. So this girl suffered routine tatters. I was thinking, what's that? Mm-hmm. What's that notion? It really interests me. From then on, I'm engaged in this book. Oh, and the is man, man is a routine is a very unconventional uh, treatment therapy? Yeah, therapy.
1: So did, does, can I ask? Does that refer to people who <clears throat> want to get away from routine? Is that what it means, or does it mean it something else? It
2: sounds like it. Mm-hmm. It's something. Is everything you you lack of a challenge in your life? You mm-hmm. always follow the routine, uh, nine to five, do exactly the same thing, and you lose your passion. Mm-hmm. And how you change it? Mm-hmm. That's what I want to find out. That's where I started this book. And then the more reading it, the more thinking, oh, this book is fantastic, really helped me along the way, even though I can use some, uh, something from this book to help my uh, daughter study. And then, then some story like, tell me you are so wise, what's in your mind? In my mind, there is two dogs, one black and one white. The black dog is a full of hate, anger and pessimism. The white one is filled with love, generosity, and optimism. They fight all the time. And his disciple is rather taken aback. Two dogs who fight each other. Yes, almost all the time. And which one wins? The one I feed most. So that's the things really inspire me. I really enjoy the book. I recommend
1: everybody to read it. Is it one of those sort of feel-good books? Because that's one of the hallmarks of the uplifting genre, isn't it?
2: Yeah, feel-good, but also practical. Mm -hmm. And you can use it straight away.
1: motivational. Yes, Mm. absolutely. Yep.
2: Yep. As well as uplifting. Good rate.
1: Wow. Okay. And how did it, How did you find the pace, though? Was it like steady, or was it? Did it sort of? Oh, once you
2: start, first of all, when you started, you're thinking, oh, maybe this this story is a bit play, yeah, uh, a And then once you get into it, you want to find more. What is the notion of about um, routine tatus? What is the routinology? And then you just follow the book through. And it's really paced and yeah,
1: it's well, a good story. Well paced. Yeah, well yeah, and, paced. And you felt the characters were well developed? Yes, in some way, yes.
2: Ah, okay. And the way the sighting is not too much, uh, just basically sighting in the Paris, modern Paris. Oh, I think
1: that's yeah. always lovely reading books set mm. in Paris. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's romantic, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, a little bit different from that. Yeah. Is um I guess the next book we've got, which is um Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. Now, this there was a lot of buzz about this book. I think everyone was talking about it. It was part of book clubs. Uh it was published in twenty seventeen and um it is a little bit like what you said about that sort of a feel-good um, you know, thing with up Like so it sort of falls in that genre, but I there's a lot of focus on loneliness as well and I think you would have found um so did you find in your book that they yeah, like lonely. the characters were yeah, a bit like oddball characters a bit slightly strange a little socially bit different. Awkward.
2: socially yeah, awkward cannot yeah cannot fit in feel uh, odd yeah
1: yeah that's and it. well that's that's pretty much echoed in this one um mm-hmm. so Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine is a book set in uh it's set in Scotland. And it's about, well, Eleanor Oliphant, who's a person um, who, according to her, is completely fine. Thank you very much. But as you go along reading the book, you realize, no, she isn't. Um, And it explores so many different themes beautifully. Like you've got uh, loneliness. That's something that comes throughout the book. Uh, You know, a sense of isolation, um, awkward characters, people who are awkward and how, how how they interact with the world, how the world interacts with them. And it's all told from her point of view so you get to see the world through her eyes which is one of the best things about the book because um you know she's she's interacting in these everyday situations but because you're looking at it through her point of view you realize just how absurd some of these social conventions are and how incredibly cruel people can be Mm -hmm. Um, but because this character's tone is so matter of fact you end up feeling such sadness and such empathy for her Mm -hmm. at how people you know treat her and how she just considers it very matter-of-factly matter matter she talks about it and that in itself is just so sad. But, um, so yeah, cracking good story I thought. It was a good storyline and it sort of um, gently unfolded like revealing, mm-hmm. un- unwrapping almost like a, uh, a present where you've got more and more and more details adding mm-hmm. layer and layer mm-hmm. to it. Um, I found the language was interesting. Like the, fang- the language I thought was used to good effect uh, for the characters, to build the characters. So you had um, the main characters, obviously, Eleanor, Oliphant, but you've got some other characters like um, Raymond, for example, who is sort of a stand-in for like a lot of warmth that comes into the story. Um, You've also got the character of her mother who I thought, I personally found the language kind of um, odd, like the kind of phrases she would use. It seemed a bit disjointed, like she wasn't a real Like character in how she would, she's supposed to be this person who's quite well spoken and from a certain background, but then she would utter these phrases that I thought fell out of place with the character that had been built by the author um, until that point. But then as the story goes on and leads to its ultimate conclusion, I understand why it might have seemed disjointed. So that in itself had a purpose, um, which I thought was uh, quite clever. Um, Another thing I really liked about Eleanor Oliphant is that even though she is an oddball, and she's not, you know, all there when it comes to social cues and interpreting them. She's not on the spectrum, as you would say. So mm. I feel like in a lot of television shows you've got characters who are, who've got autism or Asperger's or, or, or they've got some sort of um, – Mental illness. Yeah, there's yeah. sh- some, either some sort of mental illness or there's some sort okay. of medical issue there, and that explains why mm. they are socially awkward or they don't completely, you know, pick up on certain social cues. Mm. But that's not the case here.
0: Well, being on the uh, autism spectrum, yeah, has been used before with the Rosie Project characters, yeah, and uh, and sometimes I Don feel Don Tillman, and sometimes it's I- is clearly. Um, on the spectrum. Yeah,
1: and sometimes I feel it mm. definitely is like in The Rosie Project. It is used to good effect, but I feel it is a bit of a tired trope at this point. Like it, It's used far too often, I think, in television especially. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm a bit wary about it being overused. Okay. Um, and I feel that because she is not, it's somewhat refreshing to see someone who is who just happens to be socially no awkward person. for a variety of reasons yeah. in her history, but it's not to do necessarily with mental illness Mm. and that is one thing that i liked that you know it's i think it's time to maybe not overuse because it just even if it's a good idea if you overuse it you sort of take away the pleasure of i think reading um like a character or engaging with the character Mm. once that happens Mm. so um yeah look the language was like i said it was interesting um one thing I did enjoy, and I surprised myself, I suppose, the way the character is crafted, right? She's given a certain set of um, characteristics. So she's got a certain level of education. She's got certain interests, how uh, she's got a certain background, um, she speaks a certain way. And because of that, I ended up thinking she was like a certain of a certain age and a certain physical type, despite the fact on the very first page, it says she is 30 years of age. But... I guess the way the mind works I didn't pick up on that immediately but because of the way she was presented I had a different idea until once I got really into the story and I came across that information that brought me back to know this is the age she is this is the physical type she is I was quite surprised by it so I find it quite interesting that you can really get engrossed in a character Um, and you know just be surprised at some point you know while you're reading the book even though you've been presented with certain information but because there's so much information in like a different direction of what that particular age person would be like you've developed a different picture in your head sort of fooling fooling yourself almost. It's a character-driven story. It is. It is, Mm -hmm. but it's also got an interesting storyline where it unfolds like bit by bit. You're rewarded as you keep along with the story by getting more and more and more information until you have a little bit of a a twist at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, look, I I really liked it and I can definitely see why it's, I mean, the rights have been bought by by, um, Reese Witherspoon, I think, to make a movie. Yes, I understand that. And I can definitely see how she would have liked that. It, it would translate, I think, very well, I think, on Into, the on the big screen. A
0: uh, quirky rom
1: com? Oh, I think that would be reducing it a little bit too much, right? Oh, no, not I, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I hope they would retain a lot of the integrity and not reduce it to just a, a, a rom com because it's. Let's hope so. Yeah, because the whole thing about Uplit, I think, is that it's about human connection that are not necessarily centred on romance. like mm, Absolutely. And I think that's that's laudable. Like you want that where it's all, it's all about other human connections. It's about friendship. It's about just the kindness between, like kindness, that's a big deal, kindness between strangers mm. and just human warmth rather than everything being reduced to just, you know, this, this the, romantic relationship. Yeah, the clichéd um, rom-com. Oh, how refreshing. Yeah. Mm, very interesting book. But I, I think you were going to talk about um, nonfiction, actually, because Ian and I have both done two right. works of fiction and you've got about two non-fiction mm. pieces yeah, there for Lisa, us. Yeah, Lisa, that's
0: true. and you. Um, Because um, the nonfiction um, area, you know, does swallow quite a big chunk of the up-lit mm. um, sort of genre. Mm. Um, so the book that I'm looking at, The Happiness Project, By Gretchen Rubin the first one I'm going to talk about um, is actually um, uh, sometimes referred to as stunt nonfiction because the format follows a year in the life of Gretchen Rubin and um, so she devotes um, a month to improving like a certain aspect of her life so for example January is vitality February, it's her marriage. Um, March, it's her work. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> April, parenthood. She's mother of two kids. Um, May, le- leisure. June, friendship. And July, uh, money, August, eternity, which is kind of a spiritual thing. Um, September, books, which was nice. She's quite a bookish person and quite well-read. Um, She's a lawyer. So that was good from our point of view being librarians Um, October mindfulness and you know, really that's very much buzz word at the moment Uh, November attitude that's uh, Gratitude and you know those sorts of things that we often take for granted Mm. Uh, and finally December um, happiness so um, look Bretchen Rubin is a bit of an industry, as I was saying to you before. She's written um, previous books. Um, I think um, Better Than Before is one of her titles. Happier at Home. So you get the drift. I mean, she's like really sort of tapped into this genre, mm. but she does write well. Um, she she does research her books very well um and then she peppers throughout her her um her narrative uh anecdotes things that happen in her home with the kids and with um jamie that's her husband so it's all a bit sort of you know twee. i thought in a way but i guess it does work because anecdotes do demonstrate points
2: Mm, yeah.
0: um and uh but I mean look certainly she's you know read um you know Socrates she's read all the heavyweight philosophers so she's done her research as I said she's a lawyer she's obviously a very intelligent woman mm. and um look you now I think there was a lot in this book that you could really like that you could um you could sort of learn learn to sort of ad- adapt to your life and anybody could mm-hmm. i mean she's covering all these projects but as she says herself this is the stunt non-fiction genre where you know people take a whole year to sort of discover themselves so i thought oh, i was is that a little little uh, disingenuous that she's doing this but like in a way, it's just her. Um, you know, that's the format that she's using mm. to to lay out. You know these. Um sort of tips and and gems for people to find happiness. And, I mean, it boils down to, you know, being grateful for what you've got. You know, sort of, you know, everyone gets into a funk and there's sort of certain methods you can use to help get yourself out of it. Mm. And, I mean, she does a pretty fair job in, you know, um, spilling it out. Mm. So, um, look, I would recommend this. I mean, I read it sort of over a period of a few weeks, and uh, it, it's a bit of a tome, and I just couldn't read it all the way through. But look, it's a worthy book, and I mean, look, millions of people cannot be wrong. Uh, <laughs> it's a number one a new, new York Times bestseller, so there you go. Okay, but look, the other book that I uh, found on a new bookshelf the other day was uh, the Ellie, Ellie Kemper's uh, My Squirrel Days. Now, I'm a big fan of. Uh, the um, the series, The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Well, I mean, that does say it all. You know, he's a very resilient uh, young woman. But I mean, this is a net Netflix TV series. And you know, it's interesting because Ellie Kemper actually does come across a little bit like Kimmy Schmidt. <laughs> but um, I, you know, I. This is a little bit lightweight. I mean, if you're looking for a heavy read, this isn't it. But it is, but it is. it's got gems, it's uplifting, it's funny, it's cute. Um, but I mean, look, for example, uh, Tina Fey's Bossy Pants is a much, you know, much more intense and hard-hitting book. I mean, it does talk about, you know, ambition and, you know, drive to be a success. Um, uh, uh, Mindy Kaling, whom I'm a big fan of, um, she's written several books. One of them, I think the most recent one is Why Me? And, I mean, her books are darker. You know, they're similar to Ellie Kemper, but, you know, they have a bit more grist in them, which I personally, you know, preferred. But, you know, having said that, I read this book just over a weekend and thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, I laughed a lot. It was kind of fun, sort of her little anecdotal stories about, you know, movie stars that she's worked with um, so she's a Midwestern girl, Catholic girl from uh, um, who, you know, is successful in show business. And, um, you know, I'm quite a fan of these sort of books and I've read a few. So, I mean, I really recommend it if you just want a, ni- a nice, happy, uplifting read. Mm. And, uh, yeah, and also check out her work on TV in uh, Kimmy Schmidt.
1: Well, they do say that, um, like, uplit as a genre, it, it sort of came out in response to some of the, the gritty um you know, books that were coming out, like that whole, um, like Gone Girl and all those other ones, sort of that particular genre. And it, once you had a lot of that, this was sort of an antidote to that and all the grim stuff you see on the news these days. Yeah. Um, and, and that's one of the appeals that you, I mean, you know, you get some tips out of it, you feel uplifted, you uh, feel a bit more better about yourself, you uh, just feel inclined to be a bit more kind yeah. empathize a bit more with people out there more uh, resilient and yeah more stronger more happier absolutely
0: yeah. and i mean yeah. it's proven you know that it's
2: good for our mental health yes yeah. and to read and, these books yeah.
1: and regardless of whether someone would think intellectually it's like a lightweight thing to do it's you know it doesn't matter like there's there's no such thing as like a well i mean there is such a thing as a bad book but there's no such thing as a bad genre of books everything all genres do something for people at different times, and this speaks to a lot of people mm-hmm. in this in this time, and that's why it's definitely a legitimate um, topic to look at—a genre to explore. Mm. And these are some of the ones that we've we've tried to bring to the audience's attention. Yeah,
0: yeah. and you know, um, as sometimes these genres can be a bit faddish in, And as you were saying, this, you know, after a sort of particularly sort of spate of popular grim uh, noir type. Uh, crime fiction, um, yeah. People seem to need a little bit of breath of fresh air, yeah. And lifetime. so, and very welcome it is. So, I, I really did enjoy the two non-fiction, was well, the memoir and the sort of the motivational book that I read mm. by Gretchen Rubin. So, look, ladies, I think uh, we've kind of covered this genre, yeah. And we will be back. Um, in a few weeks time so please listen to
2: us and uh october a walking yeah. yeah
1: and let us know uh if there are any other genres you'd like us to explore we're always open for ideas aren't we absolutely
0: yeah so find our podcast listen to Subscribe. us please
1: yes <laughs> make
0: comments okay so that's us and we'll see you next time see you
1: bye